Hello and welcome to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I'm your host, Katie Saltzman, personal trainer, nutrition coach, entrepreneur, creator, and expert in teaching women how to take back control of their health, their mindset, and their happiness. Most of you know me as a nutrition coach, but this podcast and this platform is going to be so much more. This is a place where I want to be able to talk about it all. Yes, of course, health and fitness, but also relationships, social media, adulting, hormones, just life. I want this podcast to cover all the ups and downs, and I want you to know that you're not alone. Ultimately, I'm here to give you the confidence to break through what's holding you back to embrace who you fully are and show up authentically in life. Because life is messy, it's not perfect and it's not meant to be. So grab your wine, a drink, or if you're like me, that chocolate or that ice cream, because it's time to take our stories and the things we go through and make them our superpower. It's time to laugh, cry, learn, and understand that we are all in this together. So let's dive in. Welcome back to the Crying Burns Calories podcast. I am ultra excited for today's interview. I'm sitting across, well, sitting on Zoom across the screen from my good friend, Kelly. She is somebody that I met when I came to Colorado. We got introduced by a mutual friend. And honestly, she is just such an amazing human, an amazing soul. I I wanted to have her on the podcast for a while. And I finally asked her and she said yes. Um, And I really want to bring her on today's podcast because she has such an amazing perspective on reinvention, which I think is a conversation we need to have more as women on just reinventing our lives. And we we chatted before the show about just kind of like burning it all to the ground and really stepping in and evolving. Uh, And it's a conversation we don't have enough as women. So Kelly, thank you so much for being on the show. Introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are. Thank you for having me. I love you so much. Can I just say, I am an avid listener of your show and I listen to your show most often in the car. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I should pull over because you make me cry. You bring me just all the goosebumps and you move me so much. And I am so grateful that I get to be your friend. I'm just so grateful because you are the real fucking deal. Like everyone listening to this needs to know this. She did not pay me to say this. And I'm not saying this just because I love you. You were the real fucking deal. Like you walk the fucking walk. Thank you, you really do. So and I, I'm constantly just amazed by you and impressed by you. Connor and I talk about you all the time. My husband, he adores you. He's like, what's Katie doing? When are we seeing Katie? When's Katie going to bring Charlie over? Because Katie got Charlie, her dog, through yes. us. We fostered her do- her puppy. Um, Which I think and is we an just- extra special story just added on. Yes. And we just think the world of you. And I just want people to know because there's no offense, a lot of fake people in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And you're just so real and so true. And you really do care about women so deeply. And you have lived so many of those experiences. And that's why you're such a great coach for them. And that's why this podcast is so amazing. Um, so I just wanted to start there and acknowledge you. Um, Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Um, I'm Kelly. Hi. Um, <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am a new mom. I have a baby girl. She's about nine weeks old as of this recording. Beautiful. You should see the head of hair <laughs> on this. I have never in my life seen a baby with a head of hair like this born. Yeah. Straight out the womb with yeah. a giant head of hair. Yeah. I told people when Connor and I recorded, okay, babe. (laughs) And we did a show about our birth story. I was like, if you would like to see the pictures of the hair coming out of my vagina while I birthed her, just DM me because it's really hysterical. (laughs) It's wild. Wild. (laughs) I'm like fully lasered by the way. And it looked like I hadn't shaved in years. That's what it was like. (laughs) I'm like, I spent so much money lasering this shit. (laughs) Anyways, for me to give birth and it looked like I haven't shaved in (laughs) five years. Thank you so much, Ro. Um, Yeah, but I'm a new mom, so I'm figuring out life. And I also am the CEO and co-founder of a production company called Soulfire Productions. We do all the um, productions and content creation for about 30 podcasts. Um, 
all of which are in the personal development, spirituality, wellness space. Um, and I'm also a former TV host. So I spent 15 years um, hosting shows and doing sideline, um, mostly in sports. I ended with the Lakers and Dodgers in LA. Um, and I am bringing my podcast back, relaunching it as the Naked Mama uh, in I'm a couple so of weeks. excited about it. I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, just a lot of things going on, a lot of changes, a lot of reinvention, like you yes. mentioned. Um, and I, I kind of call myself the master of reinvention because I've just done it so many times up to this point. <laughs> you really are like so many, not even different chapters of your life, like different books of mm -hmm. your life. And I think that's one reason that I just felt really like at home and at peace and Kelly and I connected. I feel so grateful that I connected with her because I felt normal you know, I made such a big change and shift in my life. And when I was talking to Kelly, she just acted like it was no big deal, but in the best kind of way, you know, mm -hmm. you, you were just like, this is a normal thing to do because I was questioning so much. I mean, when I met you, I was questioning if I should move back home to Michigan and you were mm -hmm. like, no, just give it time, stay here in Colorado. So how do you feel like you became the queen of reinvention? And I guess for anyone listening, maybe talk a little bit about what reinvention is or what that might look like. Yeah, I mean, I guess it can look different for everyone, depending on, you know, what your situation is and what you want out of life. For me, um, it was burning things down to the ground over and over. And I'm a very black or Big white reinvention. Person. Yeah, like I just, there's really no gray area for me. And that's something that I continually work on because I am so extreme um, in the way I operate. Like when I had chronic illness and my doctor said, hey, you need to get rid of all these toxic products. I didn't do the one swap out at a time. I'm going to go from Mac to Ilya. No, I was like, black trash bags, <laughs> clean out every drawer. <laughs> I was like a psycho. <laughs> like I don't operate like that. Like, I brush my teeth only with baking soda. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like super hippie. Um, no, I just went extreme because when I when I realized something doesn't work for me anymore, when I realized it doesn't fit in my life, I'm like, fuck this noise, moving on. I yeah. just don't have time for things that don't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. And I guess I just don't have um, you know, the patience for it. I don't know what it is. I'm just that's just kind of my personality. And so for me, I worked for 15 years in television and I dealt with sexual assault. I came forward about it. I had been living in a toxic environment, not only in my home, but in my work environment. And I also had chronic illness for 15 years. And I think, and I know, I don't even think, I know 100% for sure, all of it was connected. And all of these red flags had come forward. And when I finally realized what was going on, I was like, I can't live like this anymore. I'm not yeah. doing this job anymore. I'm not talking and speaking nicely about this person who assaulted me and just putting on a happy face and being like the hot girl on TV that just appeases men. Screw all of you. I'm moving mm -hmm. on. And so I literally just left that career. I was making a shit ton of money. I had a really nice life in LA. Everywhere I went, people knew who I was. And I, I realized, what am I doing this for? I'm doing it all for external validation. I just want people to tell me that I'm hot and cute and that they like the way I interview boys. Like, what are you kidding me? What, yeah. like, what is this? And it only goes so far in life. It does. And yeah. I, I finally realized based. exactly. And I finally realized I had more value and more worth. And that's when I said no more. And so I left that career. I in around the same time had broken up with my boyfriend. Um, I had had an abortion, which is not necessarily something I would say is burning things to the ground, but it was just part of this this is not aligned. This isn't right. This doesn't make sense. I have to move on. Um, and I just started over and I had met Connor and I moved out of LA and we moved to Colorado and I, you know, started a podcast and I just kept doing all these things. And for me, it was burning things to the ground, letting go of stuff while also simultaneously learning how to listen to myself. Because we don't just burn things to the ground and just sit there. We burn things to the ground and we learn how to listen to ourselves and our intuition to get in touch with that and then create from a space of clarity and having space to do so. Yes, 100%. It's almost like, I know, I don't know if you like resonate with this at all, but it was like a boiling pot for me. And it just kept like, things just kept getting added to it to where I had no option but to make a drastic life change. For me, it was black or white. And I think it's because we finally recognize our full potential. And when you recognize your full potential, there's no going back. There's no other option. There's no staying the same. There's no anything else. No, I agree. And I think that 
so often we have these deep patterns and, you know, needs for validation or people pleasing or things from our childhood that it allows us to take one step forward. We're like, oh, I'm going to make this change. Mm -hmm. But then we just take seven steps back because we're too scared. I'm sure you see this a lot. You're dealing with women with body image issues. And I have been that person. I've had eating disorders. I've done the thing. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit to this. But if you don't deal with the root cause or the core fear of I'm not good enough or I need to protect myself or whatever that looks like, you're always going to go back to that old pattern. You're always going to look back behind you. And what I think the important thing here is, the lesson is that unless you deal with the shit, you're mm-hmm. never going to be able to get out of it. Yeah. Like it, you're just putting a bandaid over it. You're falsely committing to something. You're bypassing what the actual problem is with rainbows and fairies. Rainbows and fairies don't do anything for you. You have to deal with the crap, acknowledge it. Yeah. You don't need to sit in it and like make it a story and become a victim of your own life. I hate when we do that. I've done it. I get tired of myself. I'm like, can you please? That's <laughs> what I did but, for so long. Yes. Yeah. So make a conscious choice, which we are always all in choice to step forward once you deal with your stuff, because then you really set yourself free from like those chains. It feels like you're a prisoner of your own crap. Yeah. I think that's one reason women are so hesitant, just everyone in general, not even just women, but we're so hesitant to make change is because we get hit with so much resistance. And I resonated with you when you were saying like, yeah, it's from childhood. For me, I was trying to live in this box that wasn't meant for me. That I was told this is what my life should look like. This is what my life should be. And I would take like one little step outside of the box and I would start to question myself and I would tell myself a story of how it's not going to work out and right back in my little comfort zone till I got so sick of my own shit that I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And it's the reason that like, look, I'm not saying that being in an emotionally abusive relationship, like what he did was my fault, but being, being able to get in that relationship and stay in that was 100% my fault. And it was recognizing like my own patterns and really breaking through the resistance that I was feeling. Um, I was a queen of telling myself stories that were untrue and that things wouldn't work out if I tried to do things different. Uh, I actually worked with a self-discovery coach and she said to me one day we got on and she's like, tell me the story in your head. So I just went for it for like 20 minutes. And she's like, can I just stop you right there? You're a terrible author. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Like I, I 100% am. So what would you say to anyone listening? Like when they are met with so much resistance, because that is the one thing that holds us back is these limiting beliefs, these stories we tell ourselves that it's not going to be better on the other side. Why? Yeah. Why? Like we have to be better at asking ourselves why mm-hmm. we have to be better at asking ourselves better questions. Yes. We are so scared to be in conversation with ourselves that we are in conversation with everyone else and all of their wants and needs and desires and hopes and dreams for us. I'm a parent now. I kind of get it. She's nine weeks old. Like we haven't, you know, done high school and college and all that. Yeah. I'm obviously an expert. Thank you very much. Um, as I hear her screaming bloody murder upstairs, uh, here's the thing is we We are so good at listening to what our parents want for us, what our teachers want for us, what our friends think is right, what the influencer tells us to do. We never are in conversation with ourselves and ask ourselves, why? Why do you respond that way? Why do you feel that way? Why do you believe that? Is that even a belief that I have or is that something that was given to me? If we are not willing to acknowledge the patterns and and the conversations and the stories in our head and wonder where the fuck they came from, because they didn't come out of nowhere, they came from somewhere then we're never going to better understand ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to be honest with ourselves. I One of my core values is radical honesty. Mm-hmm. And it is so uncomfortable, let me tell you. When I started dabbling in radical honesty, it looked like journaling. It looked like me just writing things down and asking myself questions, creating prompts for myself and responding to myself, literally in conversation with myself, which sounds kind of crazy when you say it out loud. But when you're doing this practice over and over for years and years, you're finally able to see your own bullshit and your parents' bullshit. Like, yeah. why, why, why was I believing conservative, um, you know, political values? I'm just using that as an example. Well, because I was raised by extremely conservative Republican That's all parents. I knew. Right. I never thought to think outside the box. I brought a black guy home when I was in college and 
my mom turned on me. I wasn't raised racist, but my mom had this deep-seated belief that it wasn't okay for there to be a person of color, even though, hi, I'm Mexican, um, a person of of color in the family. And so she didn't speak to me. Like, these are all things that are subconscious, that are embedded in who we are, right? And we have to ask better questions about where they come from, where you grow up, the context you have for life. My husband was raised in a small town in Texas with 9,000 people. He didn't have exposure to things until he went to Austin as an adult and saw this entire world that he had never seen before. I didn't understand the real world until I went to LA and was dropped down in Compton at USC and saw the way other people lived and was like, oh, I thought everyone lived the way I did in a nice home in Southern California and blah, 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 and had access to all these things. Right. And so I think that we have to just be honest about the way we're raised, the things that we're taught, the things that are just planted in, into us that we don't even are not aware of, don't even know of, um, and ask ourselves better questions about why. And when you can play a game with yourself and just keep asking why, keep asking why, and just be honest, no matter how uncomfortable it is, you can get to the core. And then that's where you get to make shifts from. But if you're not willing to play that game and you're not willing to just keep peeling the layers back, you're never going to get to that truth. Yeah. It's the inner work that most people don't do. Yes. You know, we want to do the external work. We want it to look good on the outside. When I moved from Denver, when I moved from Michigan to Denver, I got a real awakening of what was a Michigan problem and what was actually a Katie problem. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I actually brought that with me. And why did I bring that with me? I had to start to recognize the role that I played in my entire life. And I think that was one of the most powerful questions was why? Why did I believe this? Why did I get myself in this situation? Why did I get into a marriage that I knew wasn't right for me? Why did I get myself into a toxic relationship after that? What is going on with me? And like, what what do I need to work on? Right? It's like peeling back the layers. And what are you getting out of it? Yeah, We get something out of everything. You needed to get something out of a toxic relationship. Yes. Right? Like I needed to get something out of a sexual assault experience. I'm not saying I asked for it. Mm-hmm. but I needed something. And I did. It was a huge catalyst for me to change my whole life and finally taught me how to stand up for myself against men and be like, fuck you. I'm not playing this game. I'm not your little doll. But it took me years and years of working in sports and being around men and being the only girl and being thrown around, you know, physically and emotionally. Yeah. And finally being like, no, actually, I don't tolerate this behavior. Right. Yeah. So I got something out of it. Always remember, you're getting something out of the situation you're putting yourself in. What are you getting out of binge eating? Yeah. What are you getting? What are you getting out of being manipulative? What are you getting out of being a people pleaser? Mm-hmm. Like, what keep need going. is that filling? Yes. Go yeah. through your life and ask yourself that question because guess what? You have to take responsibility for your choices. Yeah. We are adults. It is all adults listening to the show, except for maybe like your sister's daughter, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. All adults, which means we are all choice, which means we have to take responsibility because yeah, my parents fucked me up in certain ways and I'm sure I will fuck up my own daughter. But as an adult, I now get to make choices and do things differently. If I keep just saying, oh, well, my parents taught me this or they did that or blah, blah, blah. Or I was in this situation or this boyfriend did this to me. I'm just replaying the victim mentality in my own life. And I'm never taking ownership for myself. And then how do you get out of it? You don't. And that's where I would say 99% of humanity is. We just never break the cycle because we don't have the awareness, the resources, and we're not willing to take responsibility for our own choices. You can get yourself out of your own shit. It's wild. And I think key is being aware of it because most of the time we're not aware of it. We live in a world where we're taught to numb and cope and create these safety mechanisms and scroll our life away and live in this little comfortable box where we're not even aware enough to do the inner work. We're not even aware enough to like take ourselves out of the situation, stop blaming other people and actually look at what role we played in things and how we can change the trajectory of our life and our future. Preach. Preach. Where, okay, so like for me, 
inner work was really uncomfortable, was super uncomfortable because I was unaware of it. I was taught my whole life that if something wasn't going wrong, I needed to pray more. I needed to go to church. You know, that, that was literally the only coping mechanisms I knew. And anything outside of that was very uncomfortable or I was questioning, like, is this right? Is this a sin? Is this of God? So where, and not that saying everybody's coming from that situation, but I think inner work, is a really uncomfortable thing. For people, when I start with women, sometimes even a minute of breath work in the morning or a minute of meditation, they'll be like, I can't sit still. I can't do that. I don't journal. Where, where would you say like they should start? Um, I would start with stopping making excuses. <laughs> I, I brought Kelly on because she was going to be like the <laughs> honesty that we needed on this show. Sorry. I am actually, I am not sorry. <laughs> I am in the era of being unapologetic. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am not sorry. And neither should you be. Yeah. You should not be sorry for all of the dumb things you were taught. And on the other side of that, take ownership for your own actions. Everyone is full of excuses. We all are. I am. You are. Everyone listening. It's a way of living we were taught. The difference between someone who is living their path, their truth, their purpose is fulfilled and feels good in their body is connected, yada, yada, yada. And the person who is miserable and hates themselves Mm -hmm. in their lives is that this first person has taken ownership and stopped making excuses. Yeah. It's really easy to say, well, I can't get up at 5 a.m. because I'm just not a morning person. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shut up. Also, that's the story you've been telling yourself for so long. So, of course, you're not a morning person. Of course, exactly. you're not going to get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Like, hi, I have a newborn. I love sleep. I have slept so much my whole life. Some of that because I was sick and some of it because I just love sleeping. And now I just don't really sleep very much. And that was my biggest fear of having a child is like, but what if I don't sleep? I'm not going to be able to function. Look at me here. I did my hair and my makeup. I got you look fantastic. Now. Thank you. <laughs> I showered. I am semi-eloquent. I know the words coming out of my mouth and I'm able to run a company and be on a podcast with Katie. Yeah. If you don't make a new choice, you're just going to keep having the same outcome. And I think it is the same for working on yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need to read every book, have a you know seven hour morning practice <laughs> that we see on Instagram, because that's just not doable right. um, for 99% of the people. Anyone. But <laughs> commit to something. My yeah. God, like commit to something that makes you feel good and moves the needle. Because if you can't commit to even one thing for yourself, that's on you. That's a choice you're making. And so you need to go back and say, well, where am I limiting myself? Why am I continuing to sabotage myself? Mm -hmm. What am I scared of on the other side of this? What am I scared of in the journal? What am I scared Mm of uh, if I go walk and get my 10,000 steps a day? Or if I build muscle and have the body I always wanted and I'm a strong woman? Like, what, What is it that you're scared of, of having everything? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Oh no. That, that is a good question is what are you scared of? Because we we are like like deep down we're actually scared of something. We're scared to change for a reason that we're not recognizing. Yeah. And I use this analogy on my show for years is it's so easy to stay inside the box with the bow on top. It's like you said you were raised inside this box and you was like Jesus take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all great and I understand it. But where we get caught is we're now a prisoner of our own box and we're scared to take a step outside the box. But here's the thing. Inside of the box, you're just on this merry-go-round with the same things happening over and over and again. And yes, I understand that that's easier because it's more comfortable because you know it and you know what to expect. We're all a bunch of fucking control freaks. And it's like, ah, but I know what's going to happen. Even if it's bad, at least I have awareness around what's coming. Okay. But on the outside is where all the possibilities are for your life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's fucking scary to take a leap. I get it. I do it every day. I am a leaper. It is just what I do. Mm -hmm. And it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I literally am having a life beyond my wildest dreams unfold in front of me because I'm willing to take a step outside into the discomfort and unknown because that is where all of logic is. That is where all of the possibilities lie. But instead of just saying, okay, I want access to that, we're like, no, I'm scared of all the other things. So I'm just not going to do it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, you're just going to have the same shit happen to you over and over again. And then what? You cannot expect your life to change if you're not willing to do what it takes to get uncomfortable and make the changes. Right. Yeah. Okay. You had mentioned, you were just talking right now about how like your, your life is unfolding, like your wildest dreams is unfolding before you. And I sort of have that same experience now. Oh, I know girl. (laughs) I know. What I want to talk about is the in-between phase Yeah. because I think reinvention can sound really cool and glamorous. Um, and me moving across the country was like, oh gosh, I wish I could do that. I wish, I wish I could do that. And it's understanding that what is on the other side of that is amazing, but there's this in-between phase that is so messy and so ugly. And you're a sneeze away from an ugly cry on the kitchen floor every single day. And I don't think that's talked about enough of it isn't. And that's where we get stuck, right? We start to hit that. And it's like, okay, let me just go back instead of actually work through it. So like, let's talk about how messy and ugly reinvention actually is. Yeah. I mean, crying burns calories, bitches. So (laughs) let's talk about it. Uh, no, um, it is so ugly and it is so, so ugly. There's like a lot of things that happen on the floor. Yeah. Or in the fetal position. (laughs) literally a lot of just like crying and holding yourself and yeah. Yeah. Um, it is messy and uncomfortable and it's almost, I wouldn't say if I wouldn't even say almost, it's truly like you're going back to being, uh, an infant or a toddler in a very helpless, erratic, out of control way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think what that is, is these, when we start to address what's really wrong, we go back to our little kid. Mm -hmm. And that's how I like to view it. Whenever Connor and I have a fight, I try and see us as our like inner children, as his little boy and my little girl, just throwing a tantrum and yelling at each other and being like, I want this and you want that. And that makes me mad. Right. That's what doing the work is so often. And it's okay. You know, like, Again, I'll go back to this because I think that Instagram is so toxic in this way specifically is we see people and they're doing their morning practice and they're journaling and they look beautiful and they have mascara on and then they're like going to do ayahuasca (laughs) and they're like in the jungle and they're like, oh, this is magical. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Um, I was puking my brain. Show us the part where you're sweating and screaming and crying. (laughs) Yeah. And probably shitting yourself. Right. Um, you know, I was throwing up in the jungle and it was really hard and I was shaking. And then I'm, you know, dealing with, um, my mommy issues and trying to figure that out and crying and feeling super uncomfortable. And I've been in therapy for years and just admitting all these hard things. And then I'm journaling. And I remember being on this trip that it was supposed to be me and my boyfriend and it wasn't. And I had just had an abortion and I'm literally with a pen in my hand, pushing so hard through the paper, sobbing. I'm cutting through the paper. You can't even read what I wrote. It's so aggressive and over the top with in between bouts of screaming and crying into pillows. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, That is what it is. And you got to get it out of your body. Mm-hmm. You have to get it out of your body mm-hmm. because that's why somatic therapy is so powerful. Somatics is like, the physical movement of energy and trauma and things moving out of you because that shit gets stored in every part of your body. Mm -hmm. That's what causes health issues. That's what causes us to not be able to lose weight. That's what causes brain fog and fatigue and all of these things is all this stuff just stored inside of us. And if we don't physically get it out, it's just going to be stuck there. And so we have to be willing to move that, that out of us. Right. And I think that the in-between is truly where people just, they're like, "Eh, I'm good. Never mind. This is too much. Yeah. And I am telling you, I am living proof that when you get through that, there is so much on the other side. Katie is living proof that Mm -hmm. when you make those choices for yourself and you're willing to go into those dark, yucky places, Mm -hmm. there is so much light on the other side. And that doesn't mean that every day of my life is amazing. That doesn't mean I don't still throw tantrums and question everything and, you know, want to burn something to the ground again. Cause I'm like, no, this is terrible. I can't do this anymore. 
it just means that I have more self-awareness on a daily basis. It means that I make choices in a different way. It means that I come from an empowered place rather than victim. It means that when I am projecting and screaming at my husband and, you know, thinking awful things about him because he's pissing me the fuck off. Yeah. I can take a break after and be like, Oh, this is what my responsibility in this conversation is. This Mm -hmm. is where I'm projecting my stuff on him. It doesn't even have anything to do with him. I'm able to, to be aware of that stuff Yeah, and say, okay, what is it that I need? Yes, for sure. And I think when we're going through the messiness, we're so scared to like lose things. Like we want to hold on to our identity and our ego and things that we've known for so long and things that are comfortable. And I was the same way. I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to drive back to Michigan immediately. It was uncomfortable to be here. I would I sobbed on my air mattress. I didn't have a bed. <laughs> I sobbed on my air mattress more times than I'd like to admit. But one thing now that I'm out of that and I felt it, it's like once you lose it all. And for me, a lot of that was materialistic too. For other people, it's not going to be materialistic. But when you lose everything, you gain the ability to build the life that you want, to build the human that you want. And I think that's such a cool thing that we don't recognize enough of. We focus only on the loss and the uncomfortable part, but not like, okay, but also what opportunity does this create for your life? Who do you get to become? Yeah. That is so powerful and so exciting. Yeah. And that's a question that I've asked myself and I'm asking myself now in this iterate, this new iteration of Kelly, you know, 20.0 is, okay, well now I'm a mom and now I'm shifting everything and I'm rebranding and I'm leading in a new way and you know, all the things, who am I now? Who do I get to become? And you're right. We are so attached to our identity. We are so attached to, I am this thing. And I understand I was always Kelly Tennant, the volleyball player. And then I was Kelly Tennant, the TV host. And even changing my name to Kelly Moore when I got married was this whole identity shift, dying, rebirth, Phoenix rising thing for me because I was always Kelly Tennant, this person who was extremely motivated and achieved so much and got every gold star there was. And then I was becoming Kelly Moore who had done shit with her life. Like she was nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was starting all over and who is she? And I think when we get more comfortable in understanding that we are not a thing, like I am not Kelly Tennant, the volleyball player. I am not Kelly Tennant, the TV host, and I'm not Kelly Moore, the wife or Kelly Moore, the CEO of Soulfire. I am Mm -hmm. who I am. Like I am who I am on a deep soul level. And I am constantly evolving and changing. And I have so much value and worth aside from my achievements. Yes. And we have to get really clear on what it is we bring to the world for ourselves and how we show up and not the doing, mm-hmm. like not the achievement, not all the gold stars. And I think, I mean, you, you are working with women who are very high achieving, who yes. are very high level perfectionists themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get it. And I feel like I'm speaking to that woman is yes, all of that is well and good. And Mm -hmm. who are you beneath all of that? And what lights you up and what makes you feel good and getting connected with that woman, Mm -hmm. that is what allows you for the actual deep fulfillment. Cause look, I've had the money. I've had the bags. I've had the cars. I've had the famous boyfriends. I've done all the things and I've never been more empty or hated myself more. Mm -hmm. It was when I got clear on the depths of my soul and what makes me tick and my true purpose in life that everything shifted. And I found the husband of my dreams and I got to have the baby and I have an amazing company and I have an incredible team and my friends are the fucking best, including you. Like, how (laughs) lucky am I? Yeah. But I don't get that when I'm focusing on all this external stuff. Yeah, 100%. I think that was the one thing that switched me over. I mean, I used to be somebody where you could have knocked me down in a heartbeat, right? You could have said something that would have offended me, anybody online, even when I, when I, in my business, when I pretended that other things didn't bug me, they did, right? They would have like internally broke my soul. And now I'm at a point where I know who I am so much. And what's cool about that work is nobody can take it away from you. No matter what gets taken from you, I could lose my stuff all over again and I'd be okay because I know who I am now. You can take anything out of my life, but you cannot take away the fact that I've done the inner work to find out who I am through and through. 
And I think that's what women need to step more. I mean, I know that's what women need to step more into. It's the part of healing that we forget. We think healing is this journey where we get stuck in like doing the work, right? The journaling, the inner work, and that stuff is amazing. And yes, it's going to look messy. And if if healing feels like it's not working and it's getting worse, it probably is working, right? Because you go through that phase where it gets worse before it gets better. But it's understanding that that's 50% of it. The other 50% is you get to create the life that you want. You get to show up as who you want to be. You get to create the experiences, the fun and the freedom. And that was what shifted me from, I don't know if Denver is for me to, this is the only place for me right now. I would never, you couldn't pay me to go back to Michigan now. You truly couldn't because the life I've created here and the experiences and the friendship and the fun that I have is 10 times better than anything. And I love that. Yes. And what it makes me think of is we are constantly worried about our worst case scenarios. <laughs> I was the queen of worst case scenarios. Right. Even when you first met me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've lived many of my own worst case scenarios. Mm. When I left my TV career, everyone turned on me. I have two people that speak to me from the sports television world. Two out of hundreds, if not thousands of people. No one spoke to me. I was completely blacklisted from that entire world. And I also came out publicly and was on CNN and Good Morning America and NBC and the Today Show and had 20 cameras in my face while I talked about how I thought this guy was going to rape me. And watched as my mom stood there as I told this story gave up a career that was super high and had to start completely over. I didn't know anyone really in this world. I knew one person well, Jordan Younger, the balanced blonde. I'm sure many of your listeners know her. That was my only access into wellness and personal development. My mom died of cancer after six months, a couple years ago. She was, I mean, we were incredibly codependent, but she was my everything in, in my world. Our puppy was killed at nine months by a car. Like I have lived so many worst case scenarios of losing everything, person dying, your puppy being killed, like, right. It feels awful. And I'm okay. Yeah. I'm more than okay. You know, it's like, yeah. Whatever your worst case scenario is, it's disappointing your parents. Also, I did that a couple of (laughs) times. Put it on my tab. If you're me. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on my tab, right? It's like whatever your thing is, yeah. Just think through it. You will get through it. Mm-hmm. Like it is okay. And it's okay to have fears. I'm not sitting here being like, I have no fears. I'm just, you know, powerhouse woman. Yeah. I have fears all the time. But I have proof that I can live through my worst case scenarios and not just live through them, but thrive after them. And I think you are doing the same thing. And I want women to understand that is get clear on, okay, I'm, I'm scared right now. Maybe your fear is your boyfriend's going to cheat on you. Totally, totally feel that hundred (laughs) percent. You have a band. Yeah. You have abandonment issues. Okay. The worst case scenario is that your boyfriend cheats on you and then he leaves you for another woman. Mm-hmm. okay then what like why is that your biggest fear yeah can you move through that can you know you're going to be okay can you know that that has nothing to do with you can you you know it's like ask yourself those questions and have trust and faith in yourself that on the other side of that you're still there you're still standing you yeah. have your own back you are still powerful you trust yourself yeah i don't think we do that enough we want the proof first that it's right. going to work out, but we're not the only way we're going to get that proof is when we go through it. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's super, super powerful. Um, okay. One thing that I, I really want to touch on because when I tell my story, I think it's sometimes it's hard for women to relate because I was in a situation where I was single. I didn't have kids. I could have moved to the other side of the world if I wanted to. And not everybody is in that situation. And, and I think it's important for women to know that reinvention doesn't always mean 
making the most drastic changes in your life or changing your external location. Like we're really talking about changing habits and patterns and conditioning and things that are no longer serving you. Um, so I want you to talk about like what that might look like. Yeah, it's such a good point. Um, you definitely do not need to be super extreme and move across the world and leave your whole life. I think that it's really small decisions every day that empower us the most because that is what leads to the biggest change. So I know you talk a lot about food and nutrition and health, and that's super important to me. And for me, living with chronic illness for 15 years, that was the catalyst for me to heal was really shifting what I was putting in my body and on my body. So it's making different choices every day. Does this food make me feel good? And I'm not saying like, yeah, Cheetos taste delicious. Of course they make me feel good. No, I'm saying on a visceral level, Mm -hmm. (laughs) on a very deep core level, does this make me feel good? Does this nourish me? Does this fill me in a way that allows me to live a life I want based on my values? making those types of choices every day, that is a reinvention because you're changing your relationship with food, which empowers you to change your relationship with your body and your body. Look, I used to weigh myself multiple times a day. I, you know, limited calories extremely. I was really underweight. I've done all the things. I'm not talking about relationship with food from a visual perspective. I'm talking about changing your relationships so that you feel strong in your body so that you feel strong so that you can do the things that you love and that matter to you the most. I don't ever weigh myself anymore. And it's so empowering, but it took years and years of small choices every single day that completely shifted the narrative for me where I don't even think about the number because I know the number doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I know, oh, my pants are a little big and I feel really strong. Like, cool. That's great. Moving on. Right. Or my pants are a little tight and I feel this way. And, oh, I haven't been taking care of myself. I've been eating crap or I've been starving all day. And then I'll just eat whatever it is that's available because I've been on calls all day. No, we don't do that. You know? So I think that's just one small example. If it's moving your body, if it's the way you show up in a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I have been extremely jealous I have been a victim. I have projected in every single relationship I've had. I've been extremely codependent, very people pleaser, manipulative. Mm -hmm. And for me, that entire reinvention, which is layers and layers and layers of stuff, was every time something came up in a conversation or a fight, I pause and I say, where can I take responsibility right now? What do I need? What am I struggling with? So that my response is no longer, well, fuck you, meh, right? Like my little girl coming out. No, it's, oh, I'm really sorry. I totally see how I acted affected you and, you know, whatever, X, Y, Z. I take responsibility for that. I will do better next time. How empowering is that to be like, yeah, I totally see how that was really rude or that was a completely bitchy, passive aggressive comment that I made. And I'm really working on not doing that. So I acknowledge it. I say, I'm sorry, which I was never good at apologizing because I was the fucking princess. And I say, I'm going to work on that. And I move on. Yeah. Those are all small things in our lives that are actually huge changes that allow us to have a complete reinvention of who we are and what we want and how Mm. we show up every single day. Yeah. It doesn't have to look like quitting your job and moving across the country. It's how are you showing up for yourself every single day in your life? which then trickles into every relationship and every dynamic that you walk into. Yeah. And understanding, just like you said, it's going to take practice. Like you start to just be more intentional and recognize things. It's not just perfect right away. You can't recondition years of behaviors and patterns and values that you've had in one week and just say, well, it didn't work. So let me just go back to what I know. It's like, no, this takes practice and it takes failing, but it's not really failing because every single time you learn and you get a little bit better and you recognize more. And then all of a sudden you realize that you've been practicing this for six months or a year and you're starting to show up different and handle situations different and be a less triggered person and just show up as the woman you want to be, but it takes time to recondition. Yes. And I like to tell people right now, that I'm in the I don't give a fuck era of my life. Love this and I for think, you. yeah, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I think motherhood, but specifically having a daughter, is really bringing this out in me. Mm-hmm. 
this is such an important part of reinvention and changing your life. Because if you are so hell bent on making sure you're pleasing everybody around you mm-hmm. and worrying about what everyone thinks about every decision you make, you are going to limit yourself from ever changing your life. Mm-hmm. We have to get to a point. We have to, I don't say have to very often. We have to get to a point, all of us as women, where we don't fucking care about everyone's opinions of us. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too tall. You're too big. You're too loud. You're too bright. You're too successful. You're too this. Like, oh my God, shut up. Who cares? Just be yourself. Katie Saltzman has the best dance moves on fucking Instagram. (laughs) And you know what she had to do to be able to dance like that? She had to just say, I don't fucking care Yes, because I'm sure you get judged all the time. And I'm sure there's girls who watch your Instagram like, oh my God, I cannot believe Katie is like dancing like that again. <laughs> who does she think she is? I guarantee yeah. you that is happening. Oh, hundred percent. I've gotten messages before yes. that it's cringy. And who cares? Because that yes. is the, I know you, that is the most, most authentic expressed version of who you are. And that is part of how you teach and show up in the world, not only for yourself, but for other women. Yeah. And that kind of energy is what we need more of. We have to get to that point because otherwise you guys were just living for other people. And I'm so tired of living for other people. I'm not living for my husband. Like I'm not doing it. And for so long, I would just live for other men and for other men. I'm not a man for men (laughs) and for their expectations and their, all of their things. And it's like, no, how am I living for me? I don't care about other people's opinions it's whatever. Now, if I'm like mean or horrible to you, obviously, you know, let me know. But beyond that, we're good. I'm living my life. You live your life. I'm not for everyone. I'm probably really abrasive to many of your listeners right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't care because that's me. And that's okay. Love you. Do you like totally fine. And, and before the show, I wasn't even like, that's what I wanted. I want Kelly to show up for who she is. I don't want her to filter anything. I'm like that with all of my guests, like be who you are, be your most authentic self, because that was the one thing that changed my life. When I stopped creating content to try and look like everybody else. And I'm like, who am I? I'm a goofball that dances all the time. Why do I not show that more? And, and am I going to stop that because somebody else thinks it's cringe? I'm sorry. It makes you uncomfortable. That's not a me problem. This is who I am. And and anything else would be taking away from my happiness. Mic drop. Yeah, mic drop. Well done. Um, I was going to ask you, but I feel like you just answered that. If there was one thing you want women to know and and to just like know and believe, like what would that be? What is your one piece of advice? I mean, the thing that comes to me right now is just take care of yourself. Like mm-hmm. truly take care of yourself. I was thinking about this yesterday. I want to do an episode on this is we are bypassing the work with self-care. Let me just put on this mask and this is going to cure all my problems. (laughs) I just did an Epsom salt bath with lavender and hashtag self-care. Yeah. Like that is all great. I do all the things. Don't get me wrong. I do the face mask. I take the baths. I get the massages. I have the cupping, all the things. And I am committed deeply to the work. And your body is not going to change on a, from a health perspective if you're not willing to have honest conversations with yourself and to get radically honest and to make change in your life. Your body is always going to be a reflection of what's happening internally. Those are the red flags. That's why so many of us have chronic illness and Hashimoto's and thyroid issues and blah, 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 you name it. Mm-hmm. So can we really take care of ourselves on an extremely deep level? Can we go there? Because I need a lot less self-care when I'm willing to do that. Wow. One, now that's a mic drop. <laughs> that is so true. Um, unreal, Kelly. Thank you so much for that answer. That, that could have been like, that's probably one of the best answers that I've heard is that we are scared of doing the work because we're self-caring our life away. And that's not actually what self-care is. No. Yeah. So Let's end the show with a couple questions about crying because you know I'm okay. all about crying and just getting it all like ugly cries in the kitchen floor, my favorite. Yeah. Um, when was the la- what was the last thing to make you cry? Oh. Um, Connor and I went out for our first date night without our daughter on Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> and we got in a huge fight. And I was sobbing in the car. I ended up throwing a tantrum getting out. I was like, let me out of the car in the parking lot got out of his truck went and stood against a wall was screaming at him and crying 
Yeah, What's so sure. funny is I saw on social media it was your first date night, and I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, that must have been so wonderful. It was until it wasn't. And then it was again. We ended up having sex that night, which was really great. You know what? Makeup sex. But yeah, that was the last time I cried. I love this. I, I love the honest answer. Now, when you cry, are you like, what's your go-to when you cry? Do you like need to be alone? Are you like, give me some chocolate ice cream? Like what, what is your go-to? Yeah. I'm not an eater when I cry. I'm, um, uh, sometimes I, I like to be alone if it's, if it's old wounding or things that happened in the past I like to be by myself very like ceremonial (laughs) (laughs) um if it's I'm pissed and you've triggered me and I (laughs) really need to yell through these tears I like to have an audience (laughs) (laughs) like full tantrum Kelly right (laughs) really likes to be watched depends on what like what version of you is coming out (laughs) it's like a weird crying kink that's Mm -hmm. what it is like I like I like people to watch me (laughs) (laughs) I love it oh that's awesome well Kelly tell everybody like I I want the women listening so much to connect with Kelly because she has been such a game changer in my life and she's, she's such an incredible just human and I want you to be in her world so tell everybody where they can find you and a little bit about your podcast um so they can start listening yeah, thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Kelly T Moore, and then Connor and I's podcast is Okay Babe, and my podcast that's relaunching the beginning of April is called The Naked Mama. Um, and the show is not a motherhood show. It will be through my lens of being a mom now, of course. But really, the show is um a lot about reinvention and having honest conversations with ourselves. I talk a lot about sexuality, plant medicine, um personal development, sexuality. Did I say sexuality already? Okay, um, we can say it. Yeah, all the of those things. The show's a lot about sexuality. It's okay? a lot about <laughs> sex, okay? Um, you're welcome in advance. Um, no, but it's really about just the entire process we go through as women and the questions that we ask ourselves. And I'm just really honest in every episode. Um, it'll be a lot of me with guests sometimes, um, but it's a place where I really like to connect with you on a very intimate, deep level and elicit change and the way you think it's uncomfortable sort of like this conversation probably was for people Mm -hmm. I'm just really honest and and brutal sometimes but it's a place where we get to challenge our beliefs and our patterns and our our narratives so that we can actually have the life we really want yeah I I love I love uncomfortable conversations now I'm here for them which is why I had you on and honestly if you're looking for somebody that is just like honest and real and authentic you have to connect with Kelly I mean before the show you literally posted yourself pumping like prepping for the podcast yeah <laughs> which Here's I love this thing sucking my nipple <laughs> you don't like shy away from you show real life which is like such a breath of fresh air so mm, thank, thank you. you so much for just pouring into um this podcast episode and being here oh thank you babe I love you so much I love you too If you vibe with this episode, I would love to hear from you. You know at Crying Burns Calories, we are all about community and connection and just changing the conversation about life for women. So if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you could tag me, share it on your Instagram stories so I can thank you and also so we can just continue to get the message out and growing this amazing community.